friendship? Seems basic, but not. Do you have a friend like Scott was just talking about or you heard in the Scriptures? Do you have a friend like that? I think the word friend has been devalued in the past number of years because all it takes is click, click, and you're a friend, right? Facebook, social media, and what does that mean? That means you have access to see the details that I tell you you can have access to, which is usually the better parts of my life, not the worst parts of my life. And what do real friends know about you? The worst part, yeah. The real friends know your life, not your curated life. I've heard some talk about we have a friendship crisis, and I never thought about it that way, but it was, uh, it was an article I read. Somebody was writing about it, and they were talking about uh, in the hyper-sexualized culture we are in that people are obsessed with talking about that all the time and who people are attracted to and, and talking about it incessantly. They said the problem is that we don't have a... They were trying to say we don't have a crisis of marriage in the society per se, always fighting and talking about who's supposed to be married and who's not. He's, they said the problem actually is we don't know what it means to be a friend anymore. And I thought, first time I read that, he said, he, the way, there's a tweet, they said, we don't have a marriage crisis, we have a friendship crisis in our society. And the first time I read it, I thought, that didn't make sense, and then I chewed on it all day, and then I went, they're totally right. Have we forgotten what it actually means to be a friend? Wow, yeah. So much so that I poked around a bit, and guess what? The United Kingdom has appointed, you know, they have minister of justice, they still call their uh, public servants ministers for different things, minister of justice, minister of public health, all those things. They appointed, Theresa May, prime minister, appointed a minister of loneliness. Doesn't that seem odd? Minister of loneliness. Why? Because as prime minister, she saw it was such a public health crisis and they set upwards of $3.5 billion a year in lost uh, revenue and business from people being lonely and therefore uh, lost productivity and work and seeing it as a societal. We have a friendship crisis, don't we? Now, that's the UK. Are we any different? I would say not. So I wonder what this uh, David and Jonathan story might tell us. And if you dig in just to those five verses, they actually, there's a couple of really good things in there that it tells us about friendship. Now, yes, David uh, was married. He had uh, multiple wives, unfortunately, and, and many children. And, uh, and yet, also, deep friendship with Jonathan. Uh, and the first thing I would point out about a friendship that is a true friendship is that it is among equals. If you have anybody that's actually been your friend... There's not a power imbalance. There's not a, you know, there, you are, you're equals on some level. Whether that, that could be your spouse, but it could be someone else that you have a deep connection to as well. Uh, but it, that's not stated in 1 Samuel 18, but it is in the sense that David is anointed to be king. Jonathan is the king's son. He should be king, so in some ways they are. Uh, so the first thing is there, it's among equals. Another thing you'll see if we look through uh, the verse says, David finished talking with Saul, and that was about killing Goliath. Jonathan became one in spirit with David, and he loved him as himself. From that day, Saul kept David with him. So David went and played harp for him. And Jonathan made a, and that's the first thing, verse 3, Jonathan made a covenant with David because he loved him as himself. 
that's strange language we don't talk about with normal friends, do we? That some unique, uh, they did, yes, with a good friend you hit it off initially, but then there was some sort of, no, we, we really are committing things to each other to care for, to uphold, to. So that's the first thing. Uh, well, second thing, really. First thing, friendship happens among equals. Second thing is there's a commitment. Clearly, we know in marriage there's a commitment. What about other friendships? Well, we here have in the Bible uh, a deep commitment that says, I'm going to protect you and take care of you because you are my friend. I wonder how many of us have friendships like that, where people we've known for a long time we care about, and, and whether we have said it or not said it, we would commit ourselves to them and help them in some way if they were in need. So, friendship takes commitment. Another thing is, keep reading, verse 4, Jonathan took off the robe he was wearing and he gave it to David. Not just his robe, he gave him his tunic and then also his sword, bow, and belt. Jonathan could be the next king, should be the next king, or Saul's son. And what is he handing over? The weapons that could make him king. And he's handing them to David. True friendship takes sacrifice. He is giving up his goods for somebody else's good. If you've ever had a true friend, they've been willing to sacrifice for you, haven't they? They've been willing to give up something of them, whether it's time or whether it's something else, and to serve you, put them, or sacrifice what they have to help you. So friendship, true friendship happens among equals. It takes commitment. Jonathan and David were committed to each other. And third, it takes sacrifice. In this case, Jonathan, in some cases, was sacrificing his claim to the throne to say, I realize, David, that God has anointed you and not me. Imagine the sacrifice that took for him. Do you have a friend like that? I hope you do in an earthly sense. My suspicion is if uh, the United Kingdom is, is having a minister of loneliness, that it might not be the case for us because we might be in the same boat. Eternally and ultimately, you do have a friend like that, which is why I love the gospel reading from John 15. Jesus says, You are my friends. You do what I command, 15, I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master business, and instead I have called you friends. There was a complete power imbalance between Jesus and his disciples. He was leading them. He was their teacher. And for him to say, no, no, you are my friend. We talk about Jesus being Lord, Savior, Creator, all these things. How often do you dwell with Jesus being your friend? We need Jesus to, to be our Savior, to die for us, to rise for us, to forgive us. Absolutely need that. We need Him to be our Lord also, to trust when things don't make sense that He is on the throne. But how often do you sit with Jesus as your friend? The friend that wants to sit next to you or sit across from the table with you how often do you think of prayer as sitting on one side of the table and Jesus sitting on the other side listening? Jesus says, I have called you friends. 
So starting this Sunday and after, we'll get into some more of the complicated things of David. But throughout all of it, his friendship with Jonathan kind of weaves through his whole life, and it's very interesting. And I think it does have, he does have a lot to say to, to us today as a, I would say, friendship-starved or relationship, even though we're more, we have the capacity to be more connected than ever with our smartphones, and yet we're more lonely than ever. So I pray that this is a work of Jesus he does in us to, to give us those friendships, but first and foremost, it comes from him. Jesus is your friend. He is your Lord, absolutely. He is your Savior, absolutely. Think about Jesus tonight as also your friend. May the peace that passes, surpasses our understanding guard, keep your hearts and minds in faith in your friend, Jesus. Amen.